Hello, and welcome to The Jam. This is for when your life and your toast are a little dry. I'm Joanne. And I'm Maddie. And together we make The Jam. And we're excited to sit here and chat with you. So grab a cup of something delicious. Enjoy the show. We have our second guest on the podcast. So exciting. Her name is Bethany, more um, affectionately called by me and Maddie Beefy, which her family hates that nickname because they think it's masculine and weird, which is fine because it is. (laughs) So, okay. And it's a really un like eventful story as to why she got the name Beefy was because when we were in Austria, Hannah would like walk around and call her Bessie a lot. Like, and Hannah's I remember her like, sister. Lab, like, yeah, Hannah, her sister. So be like, hey, Bessie, hey, Bessie. And then one day I was like, Bessie sounds like Beefy. <laughs> that should be your nickname. And it just, it stuck. I don't know why it stuck, but it did. So <laughs> it's now forever more Beefy. Um, has nothing to do with her physique. She's a very, a very uh, sporty, classy, fit young lady, not beefy in any sense. And I think she likes beef, but anyway. So we were roommates in college and Hustle Sisters. I guess we're still Hustle Sisters, but we were also Hustle Sisters in college. Um, and just general friends, uh, especially our senior year, you know, as you all know, when Maddie and I, the dawn of our friendship, our true friendship so anyway now maddie you talk about beefy (laughs) um okay well first of all beefy is amazing and we really became friends when her and joanne were roommates together and when joanne and my friendship dawned it all our friendship with Bethany also dawned my friendship with her also dawned it had already dawned before for Joanne it was like more like the peak full daylight of their friendship and like the dawn of our friendship and we would have soup Tuesday at their house which was on Tuesdays we didn't always have soup it started with soup sometimes we'd have Chinese food which was a good which made for a good Tuesday before night class Bethany would go to her night class, Joanne and I would go to our night class. It was really great. But stressful night class. Um, not for Maddie, but for me. What did you say? I said it was a stressful night class, not for Maddie, but for me. Oh, I love it. The teacher didn't like me because I wouldn't shut my mouth. Yeah. She wasn't really into meditative <laughs> iconography. She was more into like chatty iconography. I had too much to say. My friends were there. I had to update them. Anyway. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> Bethany is a lovely, beautiful young woman, and she has just a glowing and caring heart. Uh, she has always been there for me. I remember in a very particular moment when I was at my worst, Bethany was there to let me cry on her shoulder, and she took such good care of me. And she really does that for you know all of her friends even if they're if they're having a good day if they're having a bad day she just like shows up and has a very empathetic and warm and loving and fun heart she's an easy laugher and an easy smiler just fun to be around she has beautiful hair which i will forever have hair envy of and uh was she's just a joy to have as a friend so we're so excited to have her on the podcast with us well thank you joanne and maddie thanks for having me 
such a joy oh. for me to be on the podcast with you guys. Wow. Um, I don't know what I ever did to deserve such an introduction, but thank you. <laughs> and I'm so honored to be your second guest on the jam. Wow. We're honored to have you. Where's the beef? <laughs> oh yeah, in college in our vlog, we had this segment called Where's the Beef? <laughs> kind of, I don't know what we were thinking, but it was it was gonna be like this hide and seek where we had to find Bethany at the end of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know what we were thinking. It was kind of know. weird. I was like hide behind the couch in our height, or like hide behind, <laughs> I don't know, behind the doorway. It, it was wasn't even like weird. like extreme hiding places, but oh, oh it was fun. It was, it was I enjoyed a- it. Well, it's it's I value both of your friendships so much, and I'm just so happy to be chatting with you both and being on your podcasts and. And we share so many good memories, and I'm excited to rehash some of them today. Yay. Good. Bethany, can you just give our listeners just kind of like the elevator pitch about yourself? Just where you live, what you're doing, what you love? Sure. So I currently live in Pennsylvania, about an hour west of Philadelphia. Um, I moved here when I was about 12. I lived in Florida growing up. I was born and raised in Florida. Um, so quite a, a climate change, quite a change of scenery, but I love being up north where we have four seasons. Um, I have four sisters, one older and three younger, and I was homeschooled growing up, um, like Maddie, and loved every minute of it. It was just great because I got to spend a lot of quality time with my siblings. Um, I went to Franciscan University in college and where I met these two lovely ladies. I majored in English education and I have been a teacher for these past four years, I'm teaching, I'm, I wanted to originally teach high school, but I um, landed a job at my home parish, which I was so blessed to, to receive. And I've been teaching middle school um, English. I taught a little bit of math my first year, and now I'm teaching all religion, which I just absolutely love teaching. I love teaching religion. It's just such a, a joy to, to experience um, the love of God through the, through the students and c- try to convey that as best I can to them as well. And um, so that's kind of a brief synopsis of my life. Um, just living on the farm. We have some horses, which is a lot of fun. Um, we have some horses, chickens on our, on our little property and yeah, life is good. Did you ever have sheep? We did. When? Yeah. We had okay. sheep for about two years and then we just recently got rid of all of them. Um, just cause it's hard to take care of them over the winter. I don't know. It's hard to, I'm, you know, lug water out to them. It's just a lot. <laughs> they're, they're not too high maintenance, but just, you know, we figured the least amount of animals on the property over the winter would be the best. So we'll see if we get more of the summer or not, but uh, yeah, currently just some chickens and we have some Amish neighbors that asked if they can um, loan some of our property for horses. So we have horses that just, we just get to look at our win out our window and see beautiful horses. So that's awesome. fun. Yeah. So we don't ride them or anything, but they're apparently expecting little folds that will be born in the summer. So yeah. stay tuned for that. I'll send you pictures. Yeah. Fun. You can maybe try out your budding doula skills. Yeah. That's a great idea. I love that idea, Maddie. See if you can go over and, you know, and help with that and help with the, the foaling. Yeah. If you call it probably, I don't know. I'll have to learn about it before it happens. (laughs) I have a little bit of time. They have a long gestation period. I was about to say the summer. Wow. It's long. I know. Yeah. I know. Those horses, they take a lot of more time to bake in the oven than human. I guess that's true. So, yeah, <laughs> but life is good. 
Anything else you think we should know? Oh, so Maddie, Joanne, and I were all in the same household together. So that's, I think that may have already mentioned, but that's how our friendship really, in, you know, started to bud. And Shout out to Crown of Creation. CC. CC. Well, great. That was a great introduction. You hit <laughs> good highlights about yourself, which I'm glad that our listeners got oh. to hear about. Thank you. So Joe, what do you want to talk about today? I don't know. I'm still trying to decide. Yeah, let's do the femininity one. It feels more, okay. it feels more fitting. Natural and again, what kind of brought us all together? Yeah, that's a yeah, that's great. So do you want to kind of uh, talk about like I don't I guess maybe we start with TOB or like your thoughts about femininity or how you got interested learning about it or um, kind of philosophy? Sure. So, um, my parents raised us Catholic and always, um, uh, really helped us understand how valuable we were and how valuable our gift of love is. And, um, so I was really introduced to theology body, um, even though it wasn't always penned with that exact, um, title. Um, but I was introduced to the, the concept and the theme of theology body from a young age. Um, so I understood that, again, the value of love and being loved and how we were created in God's image and likeness. Um, and then my dad worked heavily when I, when we moved up to Pennsylvania, he worked heavily in the theology of the body um, realm. And so I became more familiar with that. And I was different Franciscan. I thought, you know what, I know I've been taught theology body my whole, my whole life, but I wanted to really adopt it for my own. So I, that was one of the main reasons for me joining our household crown of creation because a great theme on femininity and, um, focus on viable we are and how we're made in God's image and likeness. And, um, and that's where I really, I think that's where my, my true love for theology's body, um, really kind of, um, budded was from, was from mm-hmm. household. Um, and just being around such wonderful women who just, um, lived out this beautiful teaching, this catechesis, um, and just understood the beauty of, and the balance of being feminine, but, you know, and being, um, in the world, but not of the world. Um, and it just was so inspiring to me that I just wanted to, to be a part of it and to learn more about what that, what all, all that encapsulated. Um, yeah. So I just, I just love, I love the theology of the body. I just, um, I went to a few courses as well. Um, with Christopher West, um, in mm-hmm. Lancaster, which is not too far from me. So yeah. I got to, um, really dive in deeper there with their courses and their studies, took lots of notes. Um, but you know, I just still feel like there's just still so much to learn. Like it's so simple, but so, so in depth. Like I love the way that John Paul II just kind of teaches in like a spiral, like a deepening spiral, um, sort of way. So there's still so much that I want to learn. Um, and that I'm still learning, but, um, that I try to apply into my own life and, and into my students' lives, but. Yeah, that's awesome for, for the, and I'm, I don't think I'm going to do a good job of explaining it. So you guys can jump in, but I wanted to just kind of say like, for those of you who haven't heard of theology of the body or TOB, it's, um, Pope John Paul II, or St. Pope John Paul II, his writings and extensive teachings on the on the male body and on the female body and how um, how they were created and that there is a theology behind how they were created and how they were created for each other as a gift. 
uh, as well. Um, that was a very like rudimentary description of it. Did, was that accurate Bethany or is there what more do you want to add? I really think you hit it. Yeah. Right on the, you know, you, you explained it really well. Um, that it really is that we were creating God's image like us, which means that this idea of being loved and, and loving is stamped into our bodies. Like you said, as male and female, right. This, this idea that we are called to be gift to one another, um, just reminds us that we're just called to be a gift that, that God's always giving his gift of love to us. And that we're always called to give it to, to him and back to others as well. Um, so yeah, I think you definitely explained that really well. Wow. You really just enhanced my (laughs) definition of it. So I really appreciate that. No problem. (laughs) You're like a teacher or something. I was going to say, I think I have a lot of practices that as a teacher, (laughs) I I just take what the kids say. I just like expand. I'm like, I hope they don't get annoyed with me by doing that. (laughs) This is how this boy stole my idea. And I'm like, I just try to just, you know, just pull it out of you. It was good. (laughs) Grand with it. Yep. I know. That's good. That's good. Right. Were you looking for the TOB book, Joanne, when you were up on your book? I, I was trying to see if I had like a, an encyclical or something. I see TOB. I actually have two copies. Maybe we should do a giveaway. Just kidding. They're Ooh. like both pretty ratty. But um, <laughs> anyway. Oh, wait. Here is it. That I was looking for. Oh, yeah. Here it is. The Genius of Woman. I was going to try to see if like JP2 had like a, or like Christopher West had like, here is a tidbit of like. Mm-hmm. I know he has a theology of the body for beginners or, or you mean like you want to see like an excerpt a little yeah theology of the body for beginners is really good mm-hmm. or um Edward Sree has one too doesn't he that's oh. what is that one called I stole yeah. that one from the common room in oh. uh oh Maddie truth comes out truth comes out don't tell anyone <laughs> yeah 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 man yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. The mystery of love. That one really helped me understand truly what theology body was. I remember reading that in the, in the port, the, the chapel at Franciscan. <laughs> oh, you got a joke? Nice. And I, uh, both of and I just love love his explanation of theology body, and again being this, you know, this idea of being a self gift. Yeah. Um, and just even just dating properly, I think he has a lot of good advice on that as well. Mm-hmm. It's a really great resource, man, woman, and the mystery of love. Yeah, that's a really good one. I remember reading that one in college and apparently afterwards I liked it so much I stole it. So <laughs> that's good. Well, I need to go to confession for that one. We'll hold you um, that. What'd you say? We'll hold you accountable to that. Okay, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. No, that's great. I think God understands. Good book for you to have ownership of. Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Joanne, did you have anything you wanted to add to kind of Bethany's like definition or overview or like how you've seen theology of the body play out in your life what drew you to learn about it I think the thing that I just I like to highlight when talking about theology of the body is that I is the fact that it's not just like about Christian chastity and what that looks like in different stages of life I feel like it definitely has a lot more to do with like like the theology of your body so if you think about like the theology of the eucharist like it's much more comprehensive than just like sex or no like well i guess just sex it's not it's about more than that and i think that that is something that's easy to kind of forget especially if you've heard of it but you maybe have only heard of it in light of like 
a chastity talk or like pre-K to marriage stuff or something like that which is a really beautiful time to like bring it up because it it talks about more than like you can't have sex because you're not supposed to it's like why like outside of marriage you can't have sex because you're not supposed to it's like well why you know and so it kind of goes into the why but I do think that it goes deeper than that and speaking of more books I really like Emily Stimson's book These Beautiful Bones because it talks about um like theology of the body in your everyday life um and I actually haven't read it in years but I know someone I gave it to a couple years ago and she's like I read the whole thing in like three days it was so good um because it's pretty I remember it just being like really practical and really um beautiful so uh yeah I'm a fan of I'm a fan of applying theology of the body to the way that you just like live your life and your attitude in general Absolutely. I was going to say, I was thinking the same thing. I'm glad you, you pointed that out, Joanne, because I think it, it oftentimes when we hear of theology of the body, if anyone's just heard of it mentioned, usually think of a chastity thing or, you know, it talks all about sex. And of course, that's a, that's a big part of it. And like you said, it's very important that theology of the body is brought up in those, you know, mm-hmm. those times, you know, because it is important and it helps understand why, you know, why chastity or why, you know, um, but that, like what you said, like, it's supposed to be an everyday way of living. You know, it's not just for the married couple or the dating couple. It's for all people, even if you are religious, you know, it's like, how is my body and, and myself supposed to be a gift? And how is this, this message of being a self gift stamped directly onto my body? Um, yeah. I don't know why I remember like from reading Emily Simpson's book, these beautiful bones, I remember her saying something about doing laundry and just like, I don't know, just being a gift in that way, like just serving, the people like just doing your, your family's laundry and just serving them that way is a way of living out theology of the body. And I just thought that was just such an interesting concept and you know, just a great kind of trajectory change of how we can all live our life better and live it more as again, this, the self gift. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The self gift doesn't have to be like only in a sexual way. You know, right. like you yeah. give yourself to your sisters when you like help with dinner or mm-hmm. do the dishes or whatever. Yeah. or your family I'm thinking about you specifically but yeah <laughs> like living at home but yeah yeah thank you exactly I know there's lots of ways for me to serve here <laughs> lots of people to serve <laughs> lots of patience to be had but <laughs> which is a uh, which is a beautiful thing and I think all of us in every stage of life has have those people that we're called to love and serve and be a gift to when you were talking I was thinking about that that phrase that we were created out of love by love and for love which that was kind of one of the we had that on the back of our t-shirts and our household ground of creation but that we were created in an act of love um by love like the love of god like gifting us to our parents and then for love that we were created to have um to love the other people around us whether that's if we're called to marriage, like loving our spouse in, in that way, or we're called to love our community and the people that we serve in, whether it's religious community or our lay community or, or our family. Um, so I just think that's a, like a good reminder and something that I, at least for myself, like really grounds me like, oh, I was created to love and I was brought about because of love, um, the love of my parents, the love of the love of God, but I think like, I think ultimately the love of God, like no matter how, what's like circumstances someone was conceived under and brought into the world, like regardless, 
they were created because of God's love for them and that God has a purpose for them in this world, purpose for all of us in this world. And that is to love in whatever capacity or state of life that we have been put in. And I just think that's a super awesome and beautiful thing to keep in mind. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I love that you're talking about masterpiece and how we're creating, created for a mission, a specific purpose too. And we're created to love other people. Um, and that, I love that we're talking about this right after the March for life too. Yeah. The importance of, you know, no matter, like you said, no matter how you were conceived, like you were created by God who is love and he has a purpose for you and he wants you to live out that purpose and without that mission of love and that we have no idea how we're impacting the people around us and every life is valuable and precious. So, so that was an interesting little tie in too. Yeah. Thanks, Bethany. Just so awesome, Maddie. Inspiration, you know. <laughs> the other thing I was um, I was thinking about too, and one of the reasons that drew me to our household crown of creation is that concept too of like women in particular being the crown of creation being like, if you look at the creation story, God created all of these things and they were good. And then he created woman last of all, and uh, he created humans last of all, and said that we were very good. But it, even in that like humankind being created, Adam was created first and then women was created um, or Eve, the woman was created last. And I just think it's probably not great theology, but I just think about, yeah, the saving the best for last yeah. and being like <laughs> the crowning glory of all creation. And I think that's even just like evident, like looking at the masculine body and the feminine body, like women are way more beautiful, just like objectively. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't may, someone can argue with me if you want to, but <laughs> not gonna. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and just like the women have a really, just like by the pure order in which we created, we have like a special role in the world and our just way of being and our feminine heart were created like in a particular way to love and to serve and to receive loved, lo- receive love and be loved um, in a very like special yeah, in a particular way. I don't, do you guys have anything more to elaborate on that? I feel like I'm not articulating it as well as I want to. <laughs> Crickets. Now I'm getting self-conscious. Huh. You just articulated it well and yeah. you don't have anything to say. Oh, thanks, you guys. Yeah, I thought yeah. I'm just processing it all. What is that? What is that quote where who says it? Where like a society will rise to like the quality of its women or like I think it was Sheen, wasn't it? Who would you say? Fulton Sheen, I think. Who said that? Mm, That sounds right. Let's see if we can find it. That women hold this like special, I don't know, like power or secret code, and that it's like up to us to be the example of excellence and the people around us and the society as a whole around us will rise to our level. We have this like special quality to be able to lead people and to give 
an example in a way that like men can do that and they do it just fine, but women have, we can do it in a special and particular way. I find that very inspiring and hopeful and yeah. I agree. I found the quote if you want me to. Oh yeah, go, go ahead, read it. You really summarize it well, but yeah, I think it is Fulton Sheen. And he says, when a man loves a woman, he has to become worthy of her. The higher her virtue, the more noble her character, the more devoted she is to truth, justice, goodness, the more a man has to aspire to be worthy of her. The history of civilization could actually be written in terms of the level of its woman. Hmm. Yeah. I'm so glad you thought of that. I love that, that quote. It's so true. And I think, um, it's a really important message for for us women especially in this day and age you know to remember to remember our worth to remember how, our goodness and like mm-hmm. you said that we were created to love and to bring an impact to the world and we have a great capacity to do that and we don't want to lose sight of that goal and of that mission that was placed on all of our hearts as women mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean and i think too that like being that woman of virtue like calls men to a higher standard like I think about a lot of the, you know, like the influence that a woman can have. And, and in this like kind of subtle way of like men are like hardwired to seek out like a woman, like that's what they, they naturally desire to do is to like find and please and like win the woman. Like, I mean, look at any like fairy tale or whatever. And if you, you know, are telling someone you're not worthy of me because like you're not stepping up and meeting this virtue, like it calls them on to be better. Yeah. Sorry. It calls them on to be better. Um, yeah. And so that it, it, you know, it's continually like reinforcing this goodness. And I feel like I've heard before, like the call to, for women to like not back down and not like say, well, like I have to, you know, just be with this kind of guy because that's like the best that there is or like you don't understand like it just has to be this way and it's like well it doesn't like you're making the choice to kind of like let that be a concession you know and it doesn't have to be like you can stand strong and, and let your virtue shine through and yeah hmm. oh that you, yeah and that you, fact that you said fairy tales I, I don't know if this ties in well but um my guys seen the live action Cinderella yeah it's like I think it's my favorite movie I, love I don't that remember movie. when it came but it's just so good so many beautiful things and I feel like there's so many theology body themes in there like how she's Cinderella just being herself and just having courage and being kind and just like Joanne said being virtuous and the prince even though he's already a good-natured very good man virtuous man he sees her and he sees that she just care like isn't afraid to be who she was created to be mm. and you just see that even though he is already good like he just does rise to 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 meet her level of virtue yeah. and even just at the end I think it's very theology by the very end the, the end quote I think I found it it says um when she's finally when he finally finds her and he knows that she's Cinderella and she's going to go meet him and he's going to put the slip around her foot um she, you hear in the background, you know, that the thoughts that are probably going through Cinderella's head. And it said, perhaps the greatest risk any of us will ever take is to be seen as we really are. Be kind, have courage and always believe in, oh, that's, sorry, I found out a quote. You can edit that later. <laughs> but perhaps, yeah, again, perhaps the greatest risk any of us will ever take is to be seen as we really are. And I just think that's 
so true. And that's what God wants us, wants of us, um, is to remember how good we are and how good he's created us to be and to be mm-hmm. those people. And like Joanne said, not stoop ourselves down to the level of, oh, this guy is good enough or, you know, I'm not going to find anything better, but no, just keep striving to be who you are and don't lower yourself. Um, and just keep living out that virtue and, and a good man will seek that out and aspire to be worthy of you. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love that quote. Mm. I know there's more to it, but that was not the ending that I was looking for. But yeah, such a good quote. Yeah, it's really good. Mm. The other thing that kind of popped into my mind is this, like, uh, it's not, I guess it's kind of like feminism. And I think in a certain strand, I would consider myself a feminist, but in the way that like men and women are like, we were created equally, but we were, we're also different. Like we're equal, but not the same. We're equal and we're different. And those differences are a good thing. And that we, because of our differences and our natural, um, strengths or inclinations or even just like scientifically how the men and women's uh, men and women's brains are wired differently or how um, our bodies are built differently that we have different skills and different gifts that we can bring to the world and that I think for women to say that they can be exactly the same as a man is degrading what they can bring as a woman to the situation. Like, yeah, they can be equal to a man, but they should do it in their own way, in their own feminine genius kind of way. Um, yeah. Do you guys have a good definition of the feminine genius? I, I should have like looked that up ahead of time or like how to, how to describe that. Right. <laughs> I mean, I can go grab my TLB books. Um, I think, like you were saying, like that complementarity and that how we as women are created with this, like a natural inclination to love and this natural, like space in our hearts to accept the, the other, like to accept other human beings. Like we're able to accept other human beings into our wombs, um, as you know, as mothers um our hearts are just we're created that way to 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 seek out the needs and and to meet them and so i think that's i think that's more or less what john paul ii is talking about when he says the feminine genius that we have this innate nature to just meet a need and fulfill it as best as we can um in a way that a man can't and again like maddie was saying he has other skills and, and purposes that we don't have, you know, it's important to recognize that as well, but, um, to not say, well, I have to need, I need to be like a man or to be valuable or, you know, to, to be seen as equal. And that's not true. You know, like you said, we're equal, but not the same. Mm-hmm. Um, but Joe, do you have a different definition? I, I just Googled it and I want Catholic answers. I'm trying to find like a two sentence, yeah. but it's just like, here is where it is. It's Molieris Gentanum. This was promulgated by the yeah. two on the. The, th- the one that I found. Nineteen eighty-eight. Huh. Nineteen eighty. Oh, I was just reading. It's like it's all. It's just like fluff stuff. And I'm like, can we get down to the the nitty gritty here? And I. 
So I'm trying to like skim it while you guys are talking. Okay. So you can go, man. The two things that popped up for me when I was um, going through this is, oh, we just lost Bethany. Where'd you go? Where's the beef? It's really happening. She just went off screen. Oh, she went to go get her book. She's got her cute heart pajama pants on looking good uh the thing that ooh, intro into the deep nice the two things that came up for me that I was reminded of is like part of that feminine genius and kind of the things that women have that men don't have and men have these things but like not in the same way that women do like is more particular to us is women have kind of a heightened um sensitivity a sensitivity to the world around them, especially the sensitivity to other people and the hearts of other people um, in a unique way. And then women also have um, a generosity in um, a way, an ability to, you know, like they're generous in how they're able to welcome new life, whether that's in the form of like a physical life growing inside of them, or it's um, welcoming of a friendship or um, something more along those lines. And then maternity, like their motherhood, being able to bring new life into the world, whether that's physical life or bringing out the best um, in the people around them. So I had forgotten about those things, but mm-hmm. that's what this article is talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Are you still looking beef? I am. Okay. No, that's fine. I just was like, well, I can butt in and say something. Butt in if you want to. I'll butt in. Um, Yeah, I think that that something that makes me so sad about the modern idea of um, feminism is that it takes away from a woman what is truly feminine. Mm. Um, And like in that, like the bar is to become a man like I want to have the same position I want to have the same salary I want to have the same like uh, reputation like I want to like if a man did this would it be xyz and it's like you know it I don't know I just find it frustrating that we can't celebrate women for what like we can do innately and to know what we can do innately I think you have to look at the feminine body like what is it about us that makes us unique like Mm. it's our receptivity it's our ability to bear life and to bring it into the world and I think that that really goes beyond just like physically like having a uterus I think it it goes into like a feminine personality <laughs> Maddie stop laughing at me <laughs> you just uterus with such gusto and I really appreciate that I'm just I'm really trying to knock it on my soapbox because I feel like I can easily segue this into one of a hundred soapboxes I have just continue I'm just I'll continue <laughs> sorry so really my fault yeah I I just I think that there's something to celebrating what women are instead of comparing them to what they see, what they think they aren't. Mm. Um, And like demanding respect from society or whatever, like, you know, men and women were meant to work together. Like, yeah, we, we don't do it well. Like thanks original sin. Like it wasn't supposed to be this way. Yeah. But you know, we are, I think, did you mention, or maybe you didn't, I just, 
filled in the gaps, but the complementarity of men and women, mm-hmm. I think is something that is like really beautiful to see when like the vocation is lived out well, because if you see, you know, that the complementarity and I think you see it in really holy marriages is where it's like the most like abundantly queer or I'll see it a lot of times in like really holy women and men religious. Like even I think about communities um, like the CFRs, they have friars and sisters that live, they don't live like in the same building. They don't hang out every day, you know, because obviously if you're trying to live chastely, it would not be advisable to just have the opposite sex close. It's just a human thing, thanks original sin. But they do a lot of things together and they're able to show that complementarity and be able to help men in a way that only men can and women in a way that only women can and vice versa. And and just seeing that in so many different ways in the church, I think is really beautiful to see like, you know, how how not only the feminine genius like is at work, but how much it's respected and honored in the church, even though so many people are like, well, women can't be priests, so the Catholic church hates women. It's like, are you serious? come on so anyway I agree with that it's always one of the things I'm very fascinated fascinated about is the complementarity of the sexes like how much men and women complement each other if we truly live out our vocation well like you were saying and we truly understand what it means to be women and none of us are going to do it perfectly because of the fall (laughs) you know we're all flawed human beings but when we truly understand that I am called to live out my life you know differently you know, I have a different mission than a man, you know, we have different ways to, to love and to live. And, um, and yeah, like you said, even if it's not in a married love, but even just seeing like brothers and sisters, like just, um, you know, consecrated brothers and sisters, just living out their vocation and, as father or as mother, it's just so beautiful to see, um, when a vocation is truly lived out well and they understand, um, you know, just how to live, love well and that they're, they have a unique gift as, you know, woman or as man, as mother or as father. And I'm sure I have stories. I can't think of anything right now. <laughs> I'm like trying to think of examples where I was like, oh, what a great example of, you know, complementarity, but it's escaping me. But just like little subtle ways, even just like in an elderly couple, just caring for one another. It's just like she, you know, I don't know. It's just really beautiful when you see it lived out well, when the two are just looking out for the good of the other. I think that's the best way to put it is you're like looking out for, yeah, for the good of the other, like it could come in like classic gender roles, like the woman cooking the meal and the man mowing the lawn, but it could also be like, if my husband's a better cook than me and he cooks dinner and I'm out mowing the lawn, like, great. We're still like we're still looking out for the good of the other and using that and our comp yeah using that complementarity i think that's why they say like opposites attract like there's like the very like biological level that um opposites attract but there's also the just like the personality kind of temperament kind of level or just like natural skills but um yeah, I guess like like even if there's a man who has like a really um, like a really big gift for hospitality, he's going to live that out in a different way than like a woman with a really big gift and heart for hospitality would live that out. That they can be like the same gifts, but the way that the outcome happens 
can be different. Felt like a big segue. I don't know quite what I'm trying to say. Um, yeah, that you can still live out your complementarity, even if you don't fit the like stereotypical kind of gender roles within your marriage or within your, um, within your family, I guess. Well, and I think there's a big difference between like gender stereotype roles and like your innate gifts as man or woman, like Mm -hmm. an innate gift as a woman isn't a good cook. Like, frankly, that's something that's learned or a taste that has developed over years and years, even if you kind of like have a knack for it, it could be like a personality thing, like, oh, I'm just this type of person that has a knack for like this creativity. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think it necessarily, or it's like, a, it is a learned, I have a friend who's a, a really a good chef. She went to school and studied in France or like went to France and cooked and stuff. Like she is very knowledgeable about that stuff. I don't think she came out the womb, like putting these dishes, these dishes together. I'll have to ask her next time. <laughs> but, but um, he was a little frying you know, like spatula. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I think, I think it just goes deeper to like the, the, the gifts of like receptivity of provider, protector, things like that. And, and I would even, I think, go out to say that if you are listening to this or you think of someone or, or whatever, who you're like, oh, I'm definitely like not even close to like receptive or motherly or da, da, da. Like I would, I would challenge you to like really sit with that with the Lord, like go to church and kind of like wrestle with that or like bring scripture a trusted spiritual director because I do think that there's so much woundedness and that especially can impact us and can impact this like innate womanhood part of us to where we're just not seeing it front in a certain sense I feel like I'm getting too clinical now with my social work background but you're just not necessarily seeing those gifts as you might be stay-at-home mom who's basically a 50s housewife you know like your gifts are still there but there could have been like a trauma or just part of your upbringing or something like that, where you're just, they're just more latent within you. Um, but they definitely don't, the, these gifts, they're not meant to be lived out in one way. And I think that, you know, kind of goes into the the whole body of Christ thing. Like we all have different gifts and talents and don't bury them in the sand, you know, like live them out and recognize how you can live out your dignity as man and man or woman through them. Did that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. I couldn't and read just because like, well. no, just, and just because like for one woman, her like motherliness, receptiveness and sensitiveness, like lives it out in a very, like, she's super, I don't know, warm and gives hugs and has people over and feeds them tea and crumpets and likes to listen to their stories like doesn't like that could be one way to live out that kind of maternity but you could also like live out your maternity and receptivity and sensitivity like in your role as like a police officer in the way that you like encounter the people that you're either helping or reprimanding or in that situation that those same gifts don't have to look uh, so they don't have to look the same way, but there's still gifts that can be lived out no matter like what your vocation or state in life or um, whatever is. Yeah. 
And so true. I think that's really important to bring up because it's so easy for us to start comparing or saying, oh, I'm not, there must be something wrong with me if I'm not this person who wants yeah. to serve people and crumpets, you know, and it's like, that's not true at all. Cause you know, we're, we're all, if we were all the same, it would be so boring and, and, and not everyone receives that receives love in that way you know maybe someone would prefer you to have more of a tough love you know approach or whatever it is you know like everyone it's just important for us to live out our unique role as you know live out our feminine genius and whatever unique calling god has has for us you know so Mm -hmm. i think it's very important to to bring that up and i think it's even neat to think about in our own specific callings of our jobs and you know just different natures of of giving and loving so Yeah. Yeah. I think that's something that I like in this season of my life, I find myself like really struggling with like what I feel like I'm back in college again. Like, who am I? (laughs) Like what, you know, like how do I live out my personality and my femininity, my uniqueness Mm. in this vocation of like wife and mother? Because I think you see like so many times, you know, is it getting a fancy job and like going to the fanciest preschool daycare situation where my kid's going to know the ABCs by 18 months old and like you know this kind of thing or is it staying at home and I always wear old clothes and it doesn't matter if I wear makeup or not who cares just kind of like neglecting myself like I mean it's more in the middle for me for other people it's not and that's fine but I think that that like the comparison thing I don't, this quote has been attributed to like 800 people, but I really love the quote, comparison is the thief of joy, because Mm -hmm. I do think that that is super true. Um, And yeah, so it's, so from one person struggling, (laughs) I don't know, maybe one of our listeners, I don't know what's, what, how to live it out perfectly. And I think it changes and it evolves and it, to have to figure it out again and again, but um, I don't know what I'm saying anymore, so I'm just going to stop talking. (laughs) I think it is like a good point is like, as we're growing and maturing and entering into new states of life, the way that we live out our feminine genius, the way that we like harness the gifts that God has gifted us with are going to look different and take on different, yeah, maybe not necessarily different meanings, but they're just they're just going to look differently. Like, I don't have any kids right now. God willing, like my husband and I will have kids someday, but I get to be a mother or be motherly in a different capacity than Joanne gets to be a mother because she is a physical mother. Um, and Bethany gets to like live her being like motherliness, like with the kids that she, the students that she works with every day. I don't work with kids and I don't have kids. So I have to find, like, I get to find a different way to um, use that like motherly part of my heart. And as our lives grow and change and evolve, we'll be given different opportunities. And that's a good thing. And it's okay if it doesn't always look the same or that we go through this kind of time of transition and figuring out how to use our gifts in a different way. It's good that we're evolving. It would be a bummer if we were just stuck in one place and our Mm -hmm. gifts didn't have an opportunity to grow. It was a very good way to put it. It would be a bummer. Yeah, it would be. Okay. I don't have a better way to put that. 
I think that's so true. And I think that we're going to always constantly be discovering what our gifts are as well. Like, I mean, I feel like I, in a certain sense, I think we always go through, not always, but I mean, at, at different periods of our life, we go through what Joanne was just talking about. Like, who am I? You know? And I feel like I'm going through a period of that right now. Like what in the world? Like who am I and who has God created me to be? And I've just been trying to just take it to prayer and just sit before the Lord and say, Lord, what are the gifts that you've given me? And, and something that I do try to teach my students as well, as I'm going through it myself, is to say, you know, you may not fully recognize all the gifts that God's given you. I mean, we're still, you know, I, I'm still pretty young and my students are very young. I mean, we still have so much life ahead of us, God willing. And I think we're always going to be constantly discovering, oh, I didn't realize I had this gift. How mm-hmm. can I use this? And I thank you, Lord, for bringing this gift to my attention. Or, or even just asking our friends and our family members, like, what gifts do you see in me? Um, and then praying through those gifts and trying to work on them and use them because gifts are supposed to be used, of course, but I think they're also supposed to be observed and, and, um, you know, perfected to the best of our ability practice, you know, and, and, um, really, you know, just crafted well. Um, so, but again, we can't do that if we don't know what they are (laughs) and we all have gifts though. So I think it's important for us to just, again, if you don't know what they are, if you only think you have two gifts, like, okay, Lord, what are my other gifts and how do you want me to work on them? And how do you want me to use them? to best love, you know, the people around me. I know you gave me these gifts for a reason. And um, that's just, I think a major thing that I've been teaching the kids lately is, is again, we all have different gifts and you may think someone has more than you, but that's not true. So, so just ask the Lord, like, what are my gifts? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's a good reminder. And I, when you guys were talking about this, like, what am I doing? Like, what am I supposed to do? Who am I? I, and I, I mean, I'm going through that now too. I'm going through a, a big life change right now. It, the thing that always grounds me is like, no matter what, like I am loved, loved by God, regardless of what else is, who else is in my life or what else is going around me that like at the core, like who I am is that, you know, I, I am loved. And, um, I think that's very, grounding and something to kind of hold on to as an anchor when it feels like you're going through like a crazy time or even if you're not going through a crazy time but that I am loved is a really anchoring and steadying force in the midst of everything yeah it's a good reminder the one constant thing (laughs) yeah yes yeah we all need a little constancy. That's for sure. I just need to figure out how I can wear clothes that make me look hot, listen to Beyonce, but also still be a good Catholic woman and mother. Yeah. I think you're doing a great job so far. So just keep it up, I Joanne. Agree. I agree. Keep up the going. No, I try. Maybe I send try. some of your hot just, clothes I, one way. One right now I'm wearing for all of our listeners. Right now I'm wearing leggings and a workout tank top that's purple because I just worked mm-hmm. out. And I'm also wearing a blanket shawl because I'm sitting by a window. And she's pulling it off, ladies and gentlemen. She is pulling it off. Oh, I yeah. wouldn't even know. Uh, where's the runway? <laughs> Project <laughs> runway, here I come. <laughs> okay, anyways. Calling to you, Maddie. <laughs> You can still listen to Beyonce and be a good Catholic, just so you know, Joanne. Yeah, I know. Alice. Now listen, I know. I know you know. This goes into a big, deeper existential you know. crisis that <laughs> we don't have to go into. 
Maybe for another I just, episode. We'll I need approach existential crises. <laughs> yeah. You think she'd be a guest on our podcast? Oh, Maybe. Right. We should ask her. I'll ask her. Why doesn't her ask? I just need to talk to someone who's like 35, but like me. Actually, well, this I'll tell you a glory. But anyway, I met with this woman, spiritual director. She's a consecrated lay woman. I think she's amazing. Like, I was like crying. I was like, I don't know if I should take this job or not. Like, I know the idea would just be stay home and raise my kid. And she was like, the ideal. There's You pick what's ideal for your family. That's what JBT says. And she like quoted something from JBT. And I'm like, you just rocked my world and you don't even understand. Like that wasn't even like the main point of your sentence. But anyway, so that's what, that's what inspired the feminine genius me to pitch that because I was at Mm -hmm. mass and I was like, what does it mean to be a woman? I think there's a big movement too, like on Instagram, at least I'm, I'm fairly new to Instagram and I feel like um, I'm trying to just only follow people that are positive and that have good you know inspiring quotes and such and good vibes good yeah good vibes and so you follow us on instagram i do of course you, have good vibes. you have amazing vibes all the vibes okay good. all you lovely positive ladies on instagram and i feel like i follow a lot of young moms because that's just what i'm attracted to and i love it um and they have such great nuggets of wisdom but i feel like there's just a big like a big message being shared about this you know this comparison that's the you know robbing all our joy or you know just thinking I'm only a good mom if I do this you know I think there's you know a big movement on there and um yeah especially I don't know if you guys have heard of um Nicole Caruso um but just to name drop her she's a like you said Joe she's like 30 in her 30s um young mom who just used to be a fashion model and um or not sorry not fashion model but she used to work for Verily um so she's super into makeup and fashion and um, she just really promotes the importance of have like living your motherhood in the way that you feel best. And like, if you want to, you know, put some makeup on today to just do the laundry, put some makeup on. If you want to, yeah, listen to Beyonce. I don't think she said that, but it's basically what she's saying, you know, do motherhood, like know that you're worthy of listening to her whole thing is worthy of wearing. So worthy of wearing that nice shirt, even if you're just going to bum around the house all day or worthy of just wearing sweatpants because you are very welcome to do that. You are a mom. And just, again, living out your motherhood the way that you know God is calling you to and that you feel fulfilled and you feel um, I don't know, most comfortable. So I just find her very inspiring, worthy of wearing um, Cole Crusoe. So I, and I see so many women that are just tagging on to that and just like taking her nuggets of wisdom and running with it and just being the best mom they can be and not comparing I like that. Yeah. I just find that really inspiring. So yeah, that's awesome. You're doing a great job, Joe. You're a great mom. I love that you're Thanks. listening to Beyonce and doing your thing. <laughs> Good stuff. Seriously. 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 Well, I think that about wraps it up. Does anyone have anything else me. they want to say or are we feeling pretty wrapped? <laughs> forward tonight we're good okay great bethany it was so good to have you on the show good to see your smiling glowy self thank you for sharing your wisdom and insights and your laugh and your smile with us i'm glad you were here to join us i'm glad i could be here thanks for having me of course 
Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Jam. Be sure to check us out on Instagram at the underscore j dot a dot m to catch up with us through the week and see what we're up to. Also, if your favorite podcast app that you are listening on allows for reviews, please leave us a review. That helps us to be able to reach more people and share our funny stuff with them. Be sure to come back to your favorite podcast app every Wednesday at noon. That's when we post our new episodes, and we would love to have you listen in. Thanks, y'all.